0: Yo, what's happening? It's your man the Guru here from Guru Speaks Podcast. And you're not checking out Sports Way with my dog Dre Day. Get with it and get ran over, biatch. It's episode time, motherfuckers. What up, what up, what up? This is your man Dre Day. And you are tuned in to a brand new episode with Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. This episode here, I believe this is episode number 45. That's a big number. That's a good number. That's a great number. Uh the guard Michael Jordan, he wore number 45 for a short stint of time. You know what I'm saying when he came back from his retirement in 95, um he dropped that, you know, that double nickel, you know what I'm saying, against the Knicks in the guard and he dropped that 55 against he dropped that 55 against them wearing that number 45. So you know, that's like a monumental number. Um, in the sports aspect, Jordan is probably the greatest player to ever wear number forty five, just like he's the greatest to ever wear number twenty-three. But it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Uh again, this episode here is gonna be episode forty five, you know what I mean? And uh this episode here, um the conference finals is here. Uh, the Eastern Conference Finals The Western Conference Finals Both of the Conference Finals Are alive and well uh, I'm going to speak on that And uh, I'm also going to speak on The uh, NBA Draft Lottery That just took place uh, Not too long ago um, A lot of people were sad Off that A lot of Knicks fans Zion is upset A lot of people is upset You know what I'm saying I'm going to speak on that but uh again, this is the conference finals. The conference finals are now in play. The conference finals are now in effect. So the first conference finals that I'm gonna speak on is the Western Conference. Um Western Conference Finals, and that would be the Golden State Warriors and the Portland Trailblazers. Uh the Warriors are up in the series two oh. Um It's going the way I it's going the way I expected. Uh, I I I was not I was not doubting in my mind by any stretch of the imagination that the Warriors would split this series, um, one one going to Portland. Um, some people might have felt that way just off the aspect of Kevin Durant, you know, not being not playing right now. But again, I knew right off the rip that the Warriors would, you know, defend home court against the Blazers. Um, we can't take away from the Blazers and what they've done this season. Um, I did not pick them to beat the Go. I did not pick them to beat the OKC Thunder. Um, they proved me wrong from that aspect. I did have them beaten. I did have them beating the Portland. I did have them beating the Denver Nuggets. I had them. I had them beating them in seven. They stood firm on that. They stood firm on that aspect, okay? But I just think that the stage is too big for them this series. I think it's too big for them this go-round, and it's showing. Um, If you go back to game one, um, Dame littered 19 points. He shot four for 12 from the field. C.J. McCullough couldn't find himself at all. One for five from the three-point line, 17 points. If these two guys, which is Damian Lillard and CJ McCullough. Now, I know a particular person that had the nerve to jump on my podcast. And I'm going to call him out too, my man Guru. If you go back to my last episode, episode 44, if you go back and listen to the episode... He had the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated gall to say that Dame Lillard and C.J. McCullough—shout out to my man Guru and his Google Speaks podcast—he had the nerve to say that Damian Lillard and C.J. McCullough was the best backcourt in the NBA. Well, guess what? I think Stephen Clay might have heard that episode and said, "Okay, we got something for your ass." And it's 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 showing. Game one, Steph Curry, thirty-six points, nine trays, nine three pointers he made. Clay, twenty-six points. Um Draymond, he had his little double double, which is twelve points, ten rebounds. Um Enos Canta, he had stat wise a good game. Ten points, sixteen rebounds, but the defense was horrible, horrible. And when I say horrible, it was to the point where Steph Curry was just doing what he want behind that three point line. Um, he'll go around the screens that Looney and Draymond was set for him, and just wet a three. Enos Cannon would be in the paint, just standing there when they set the screen, and Steph Curry goes around it. They're not going Steph Curry is not going around it to drive to the lane. He's going around it to shoot that three-pointer and he was shooting it at will game 1. Um the Blazers had 21 turnovers. If you have that many turnovers against a team like this, the defending champs, chances are you're going to lose that game. The Warriors shot 52% from the three-point line. The Blazers shot 25% from the three-point line. If your three-point percentage is that low against this team, you are not going to win. So game one was a dub. That pretty much was pretty much a no from the get, okay? I mean, the Blazers had their little moments here and there where they made it somewhat interesting, but they never had a run to the point where you said to yourself, Whoa! Maybe they'll pull off the upset. Maybe they'll steal home court in Game One. Game Two was different. The Blazers went bonkers in Game One. They definitely they like they 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 definitely wanted to hold court in Game Two. They definitely wanted to you know try to go home tied, you know tied one one. The Blazers brought it to the Warriors in the first half. They led by fifteen going into halftime. The second half, the Warriors went crazy, especially in the third quarter. That's when the Warriors woke up. And if you paid attention this season, if the Warriors were losing, going into halftime, or even if they were tied, their strongest quarter in the game was the third quarter. Coming out of halftime, the, their their best quarter was the third quarter. They outscored the Blazers 39 to 30, 39 to 24 in that third quarter. Now, I have to say this, Portland Trailblazers, game two was the game y'all had to win, y'all had to win. You didn't win game one. You wasn't even close to winning game one. Game two was the game that you had to win. Steve Kerr even said it at the end of, at the end of game two in his post game. He said that we stole that game. We stole that win. Meaning that y'all outplayed them and y'all should have won that game. And they should have. But Dame and CJ McCullough in the fourth quarter, where was y'all at? In the last four minutes and 20 seconds in that game, in the fourth quarter, both of y'all were 0 for 7 from the field. Dame had 23 points, 10 dimes. CJ had 22 points. But again, in the fourth quarter where it counted the most where you make your bread and butter, like with, like it's Dame time and all this shit, that's when you were supposed to, you know, be on your game. You did it against OKC. You did it against Denver, certain games, against the defending champs. When you really trying to make a name for yourself, that was the game when you should have did it. But I know one guy who did it, and his last name is Curry. And I'm not talking about Steph. I'm going to talk about him later. I'm talking about his little brother. 16 points, four for seven from the trade, four steals. I gotta say this. The Curry family, and I'm talking about Dell and Steph and Seph's beautiful mother, Sonia. They gotta be on Cloud9 right now. I'm sorry to get off topic, but they gotta be on Cloud9 right now. For them to have both of their sons in the conference finals. Now, obviously, one of them is going to the NBA Finals. Now, which one is going to go, That's that remains to be seen. But for them to have both of their sons in the conference finals, obviously, again, one of them is going to the NBA Finals. And then to have that game where they were both going at it with each other, not only was they you know, going at it with each other from shooting trays and scoring, they were actually defending each other. Like, Steph was guarding Seth and vice versa. Like, you can even, like, they they, they like they made it their business to show the Curry parents on camera. Like, they got their camera time in game two, which I love, by the way, because I love seeing their mother. So, trust me, you know I'm not going to be upset with that. But to me, I, to me, especially in the fourth quarter, I'm not even talking about the first three quarters. I'm talking about in the fourth quarter. It seems to me that Seth was the only Blazer that wasn't afraid of the Golden State Warriors. I mean, Rodney Hood had his twelve points, Hurtless had his twelve points, but again, they were quiet points. They didn't really spark nothing. In the fourth quarter, Seth Curry, he had that. He put that team on his back in 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 the fourth quarter. He was the one showing. All right, cool. Y'all might be afraid of my, y'all might be afraid of my big brother, but I'm not. The Blazers' 13, 18 three-point shots that they made. If you make that many three pointers in a game, how in the world do you lose? But Steph, look at the game he had. 37 points, eight boards, eight dimes, almost a triple-double. He was perfect from the free throw line, 11 for 11. We know he shoots these threes. He shot 14 threes. Unfortunately, he missed 10 of them. Made four. Klay Thompson, four for eight from the tray. 24 points, eight for 22 from the frill. Draymond Green, even though Steph and Clay was hitting their shots, Draymond showed why he's the emotional leader on that team. 16 points, 10 boards, seven dimes. He had key blocks. And key baskets at the end of the game for the Golden State Warriors. Unfortunately, he caught himself in foul trouble. He had five fouls, but he managed to stay in the game. He didn't foul out. Iggy had a key defensive play at the game against Damian Lillard. Me personally, I felt like he was, you know, getting a little bit aggressive. But again, he deflected the ball. He smacked the ball out of Dame's hand. That wasn't a foul. Before then, you know, when they was when Dame was dribbling, you know, Iguodala was getting his, you know, little rubs on him or whatever. But you can expect the refs to not make that call. It's in Golden State. They're gonna swallow their whistle at that point in the game. And it's you know, they're gonna get that home cooking. It's natural. You know what I'm saying? There's no need for people to get bent out of shape and say, oh, Portland got screwed. They knew this was gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? If the roles were reversed and it was in Portland. Portland probably would've got the benefit of the doubt in Golden State and and probably would've never got caught. You know what I'm saying? Um, Looney, he had a good game. 14 points, seven boards. He was perfect from the field. Um, Bell, 14 points in 14 minutes. Um, The Warriors outscored the Blazers in the last four and a half minutes, 14 to three. 14 to three. That's where the Warriors outscored the Blazers in the last four and a half minutes. The Warriors had nine blocks to the Blazers one. Blazers had eight steals to the Warriors four. 54 fast break points in the paint for the Warriors. 32 for the Blazers. Free throws. 94% for the Blazers. 78 for the Warriors. 46% for the Trey for the Blazers. for the Warriors. So if you go through the statistics, there was no reason for the Blazers to lose this game. No reason. No reason at all. But when you have your two guys, your two aces, the second best backcourt in the league, your leaders, Dame Lillard and CJ McCullough, and they're coming up short in the fourth quarter, you're definitely not going to win. If one of them... Would have stepped up in the fourth quarter, Portland might have had a chance to pull the upset and steal home court. But neither one of them stepped up. But I'll say this much, though. Game three, this is just my personal opinion. Something is telling me that the Blazers are going to win game three. Um, They're going home. Even though they didn't win this game, they only lost by three. That should be, I mean, I don't believe in moral victories, but they should feel good about themselves going home and just losing game two by three. Portland, that arena, is tough to win there. It's very tough to win there. That crowd is gonna be that that, that crowd is gonna be full of energy. I would not be surprised if the Blazers win game three. Do I think they will? Part of me does. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And again, it's also again being reported that Durant won't be available for neither of those two games, whether it's game three or game four. But I'll tell you this much. If Golden State wins game three, you might as well sit him out for the rest of the series because obviously you're not going to need him. Just sit him out and keep him ready. And, you know, hopefully he'll be ready for the NBA Finals. But that's only if the Warriors can win game three. So, there you have it for the Western Conference. Um, When I come back, after paying some bills, I'm going to speak about the Eastern Conference Finals, which is the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors. So, your boy is going to take a quick break. Go pay some bills. When I get back, I'm going to speak about the Eastern Conference Finals. Holla at your boy. Peace and love. What up? What up? What up? I'm back. Um this segment here, I'm going to speak about the Eastern Conference Finals that's actually going on right now, and that would be the Milwaukee Bucks, the number 1 seed against the second seed Toronto Raptors. Um before the playoffs started, um this was my prediction. Um I'm glad it's come to fruition. Uh, Obviously Milwaukee has had An easy run Through the playoffs so far They swept the Clippers I mean they swept the Pistons They gave the Celtics A gentleman's sweep Um, And now they're going up against Probably their toughest matchup um, So far In the playoffs And that would be Toronto Raptors the Raptors have had uh I wouldn't say an easy go obviously you know the series with Philly wasn't easy uh they had to take that to game seven and Kawhi Leonard had to make a miracle shot for them to win that series which I'm happy they won because I actually had them winning um but let's just speak about game one Um, Toronto set the pace From the beginning of the game In the beginning of the game Um, The crowd wasn't very Loud As they've been Throughout the season Toronto should've won Game 1 Let's just call it What it is Toronto should've won Game 1 That was the game Right there Where they should Have won If it was any game For them to split In Milwaukee It was game 1 But Unfortunately Unfortunately what happens is is when you have role players and they don't step up and then you have your superstar which is Kawhi Leonard gassed and I'm going to I'm going to give I'm going to I'm going to give him somewhat of the blame for their game 1 loss which is not easy for me to do because I love Kawhi. He's one of my favorite players. He's in my top 3. Um, as far as favorite players in the league, but just three shots in the fourth quarter unacceptable. If you're supposed to be the superstar of this team, if you're supposed to be the leader of this team, I'm not saying ball hog like crazy. I mean, I know you, I know you've trained with Kobe in the off season. I'm not saying have the Mamba mentality, but three shots in the fourth quarter, that ain't going to cut it. You got to you gotta have more than that. Now, I don't want to hear the excuse, gassed. That's not what I want to hear. Playoff time, everybody is gassed. Everybody is tired. It's just like people were injured. Everybody is injured from the start of the season and then in the playoffs, you're injured. Once you're on that court, you are deemed healthy. Now, as far as him being gassed, Give him the benefit of doubt somewhat. But again, three shots in the fourth quarter ain't going to cut it, Kawhi. Now I get it. 31 points, nine rebounds. If you look at the stat sheet, cool. Still unacceptable. You got to lead that team. You got to bring that game home. That was the game for y'all to win. Kyle Lowry. Let's give him a round of applause. Let's give him a round of applause. This was probably his best playoff game Ever, in my eyes. 30 points, 7 for 9 from the tray, 8 rebounds. This was probably, again, this was probably his best game ever in the playoffs. Siakam, 15 points. 2 for 9 from the tray. 6 for 20 from the field. You're on a most improved player campaign. You gotta average, you gotta get more points than that. That's unacceptable. 15 points. No, you got to get at least 20 plus. That's what you need to be averaging in this series. Marcus, so what's going on with you? Toronto didn't trade for you for you to be playing the way you are playing right now, especially in this series. You know, you have experience in the postseason. You've made it to the conference finals before. I mean, you have were swept, but you still have experience in the conference finals. 6 points, 2 for 11 from the field, 2 for 7 from the 3, unacceptable. Unacceptable. The Raptors bench, 12 points. Ibaka only had 4 of them. But let's talk about the Bucks. Greek Freak, we know what Greek Freak is going to do. So I don't even need to speak on his numbers. Let's talk about Brook Lopez. 29 points. Eleven rebounds. I'm surprised at the eleven rebounds. This is a guy who's seven two that can't grab rebounds for shit. When he was with the Lakers, Lonzo Ball was leading the team in rebounds. You six foot you seven foot two and you got a six six, six seven point guard averaging more rebounds than you. But we gotta give Brooke Lopez credit. Again, he had twenty nine points, he had key threes in the fourth quarter. This was probably his, he he saved his best game this whole season in game one. Chris Middleton, 11 points, 11 boards, 4 for 12 from the tray. This is only game one I'm speaking on. The Bucs had 22 points off the bench. Brogdon had 15 of them. And this is somebody who's coming back from an injury. And he came back at the perfect time. Because of his two games back, which was game five against Boston, and this game right here, in two games, 15 points a game coming off the bench. Bledsoe, he had nine points. I don't expect him to have that going on, going for the rest of the series. Points in the paint. The Bucks 44-26 to 26 over the Raptors. 11 blocks, four for the Raptors. Obviously, you got Greek Freak. Being a, you know, great defender that he is, Brooke Lopez, blocked he had a block party, his block party as well. But again, the Raptors should have won this game. They should have won this game. There's no excuse for them to lose this game. That was the game for them to win. And because of that, they are now down 0-2. Because in game two, which was today, they got their ass spanked. Spanked badly okay now you want to talk about a confidence booster you want to talk about putting a putting a mark on your opponent's ass going to game three that's what that's what did in game two and again i'm gonna say it again Kawhi needs help he cannot do this by himself he can't 31 points, eight rebounds. Siakam. Where are you at? Eight points. Unfortunately you fouled out, but you gotta be getting more than eight points. Kawhi needs help. He can't do this by himself. Marcus. game one and your post game. You said that we are making Kawhi do. I'm paraphrasing here. You basically said that we as a team is making Kawhi do all the work. We're putting too much pressure on him. And guess what? You're doing that. You're the main one doing it. Game one, six points. Last night, not even last night, today, two points. Two points. One for nine from the field, 19 minutes. I'm surprised. I'm, I'm now. Now I see why um, Coach Nurse got you on the bench and only playing 19 minutes because you bumming it. You ain't doing shit. Kyle Lowry, 15 points, four for 13 from the field, two for nine from the three point line. I told you. Game one, he put all he, he put his foot in that game. That was probably his best playoff game in his career. And he put all his energy into that game. Nick Powell, 14 points. He was the only one on the bench that actually produced. Ibaka had 10 rebounds, but 8 points ain't going to cut it. 10 for 32 from the 3-point line the Toronto Raptors did. 10 for 32. That is not going to cut it. 31% from the 3-point line. Milwaukee is just having a field day right now. Greek Freak, thirty seventeen, usual numbers for him. Meritic doing his thing, fifteen points. George Hill is producing. Bogdan is producing. I mean, Bledsoe. I don't know what's going on with him in this series. I really don't. I was really, in, I was really waiting to see the back and forth between him and Bled- between him and Kyle Lowry. Brooke Lopez, he went back to his normal self. Four rebounds, six points. Those are numbers that we're familiar with with Brooke Lopez. But i tell you this, though. Game three, Toronto going to have to win that game. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. They got to win game three. They got to win game three. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say it now. I had Toronto winning this series, but it was an emotional pick. I only picked him to win because I'm a Kawhi fan. If he wasn't on the Raptors, I wouldn't give two shits about Toronto. Obviously, if he wasn't on this team, they definitely wouldn't have got through Philly because we saw what he did in game seven with that game. He He put that team on his back in game seven. So obviously, without him in game seven, the Raptors definitely wouldn't have won. So... That's the only reason why I'm going with Toronto in this series. But in my mind, obviously, Milwaukee is the better team. They're the better team. They have the better coach. They have the better bench. So there should be no reason for Milwaukee to not win this series. It's just a matter of how long is it going to take for them to win this series. And again, they're up 2-0. They're undefeated. On the road in these playoffs They've only lost one game in these playoffs And it was a home game to Boston They're undefeated on the road <coughs> Excuse me So if anything <coughs> So if anything They're going right where they want to go right now They are gonna they want to end this series on the road Now do I think they will? I think Toronto could probably fuck around and get one win But if they were smart They better go home and win both games because if they, go back to, if they go back to Milwaukee, if it even gets back to Milwaukee, 3-1, best believe Milwaukee is going to close this series in five. That might be their mentality. They may say, you know what, fuck it, we'll give them one game. We want to close this out on our home floor so our crowd can go nuts when we clinch the East and make it to the finals. But only time will tell. But I know one thing. Kawhi needs help. Siakam. You're the main one. Game three, you got a lot of making up to do. A lot of making up to do. Mark Gasol, can you wake up and smell the coffee? Can you wake up and smell the coffee? You gotta step up, Ibaka. You gotta step up. You got to, man. Maybe, maybe, may, maybe Drake need to put on a, uh, maybe Drake need to put on some Milwaukee Bucks appeal. So so that way he'll jinx them and give them bad luck. But, you know, let's see what happens. That game, game, game three goes down on Sunday. Um, game three for the Western Conference, Warriors Blazers, is Saturday. So each of these series, you only get a day off. There is no two days in between or three days. Both Both series, you get a day off. You get one day off. And you're back on the basketball court. And right now, one series is going the way I called it, and that was the Warriors-Blazers. 2-0. It's 2-0 right now. That's how I had it. At least with Toronto and Milwaukee, I was kind of expecting and predicting that it would probably be 1-1. I felt Toronto could probably get one game there. Unfortunately, the game that they were supposed to get, they didn't get. So now they got a lot of ground to catch up on, a lot of ground to make up on, and they got to win game three. They have to win game three. But i tell you what, again, they got to think about Kawhi here. Because me personally, I truly feel like the only way he's staying is if they win the NBA championship. So right now, it should be in the Raptors' best interest to try to help accommodate Kawhi on that. Because if you get swept in this series, if you even get a gentleman sweep, in, the, if you lose by a gentleman sweep in this series, or you best believe, he's out of there. And that's something that you Raptors fans need to think about. And that's something that you Raptors players need to think about. If you want Kawhi to stay, you're going to have to give him some help on that court. You're going to have to give him some support. Because Kawhi right now is doing it all by himself. All by himself. There's nobody else on that team that's getting close to 20 points. It's only him. And it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. So, again, this is a wrap-up for the Eastern Conference matchup. I broke down the West. I broke down the East. Um, Boy, got to take another break. Got one more bill to pay. When your boy come back, I'm going to speak about that draft lottery that took place on, uh, I believe it was Tuesday. I'm going to speak on that. I got a lot to say about that. So, again... This is your boy, Dre Day, Sportswear with Dre Day podcast. When I get back, I'm going to speak on that. Holla at your boy. What up, what up, what up? I'm back. And this final segment here, I'm going to speak on uh, the draft lottery that just took place on Tuesday. Obviously, you could basically call it the Zion Williamson sweepstakes. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was basically which team was going to be that lucky one to get the number one pick. Cause obviously we know who's going number one Zion. We all know that. Now it was just a matter of which team that was going to be the one, you know, to get that, you know, you know, to get that, you know, ping pong ball in their favor. You know what I'm saying? And me as a native New Yorker, I'm not a Knicks fan, but Again, as a native New Yorker, I would have loved to see the Knicks get that number one pick. I truly did. I truly did. It was to the point where I wore an orange sweater. I actually went live on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? I went live on Facebook, giving my breakdowns about the playoffs and even bringing up the draft lottery. All of that came into play. And I wore an orange sweater to pay homage to the Knicks, hoping and praying they get that number 1 pick. Patrick Ewing was there representing the Knicks. We all remember when 1985, obviously I was born that year. Obviously as I got obviously I had to get I had to become older to realize what was taking place, but Patrick Ewing got drafted number 1 in the 1985 draft to the Knicks. You got Patrick Ewing sitting there representing the Knicks. This year in the draft lottery And unfortunately Bars were full Streets was full People were standing outside with their TVs Waiting to see what was going to happen with the Knicks The draft thing starts The draft lottery starts All these teams going down the list You get to number 8 Atlanta Hawks Number seven, Chicago Bulls. That was one of the teams that people thought was going to be in the top three. Number six, the Phoenix Suns. Now again, this is another team that people thought was going to be, you know, one of those teams that probably mess around and get the number one pick. Fifth, 15, Cleveland Cavaliers. This is another team that people thought was probably going to mess around and get lucky and get that number one pick. Somehow, someway, the Lakers wind up being in the top four. Now, me personally, I'm like, yo, something is wrong here. Because this was a team that was somewhat close to the playoffs. How are they getting a top four team? I'm like, ups, this shit getting rigged. That was my my mindset. So now I'm saying to myself, all right, cool. The Knicks and the Lakers, one of them is going to get the number one pick. Book it. Now, the top four teams was Pelicans, Grizzlies, Knicks, Lakers. Now, I didn't know the order. Nobody knew the order. Come back from commercial break. Fourth pick, Los Angeles Lakers. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. It's about to go down. The Knicks about to get that number one pick. They about to get the number one pick. Number three. As soon as homeboy opened the envelope and I saw the logo. I fell fell off my couch and I fell on the floor. Now for those of you that watch wrestling. You know the WWE superstar Shinsuke Nakamura. You know when he goes in the ring before the match. And he grabs... The turnbuckle and struts and has his knees bent, touching his back. That's kind of what I did when the Knicks was revealed as that third pick. Because I was so fixated and so hoping that the Knicks would somehow get that number one pick. They had the worst record in the league. They had a 14% chance. In fact, them and Cleveland, I think, were the only two teams... And maybe the Bulls that probably had the best shot of getting the number one pick. Then Memphis grits two. Then New Orleans grabs one. Now, this is just my personal opinion with this shit. And then I'm going to get into the whole Zion Williamson thing and what I think some of these teams should do as it pertains to their picks. I think the NBA should follow the NFL format, and that is the team with the worst record. Now, let's just call it what it is. You can't, you can't stop tanking. You can't stop it. Every sport does it. Football does it. Baseball does it. Basketball obviously does it. Look what the 76ers have done for multiple years and with the whole trust the process shit. So tanking happens. You can't get away from it. You can't get away from it. But what you should do is, this is what the NBA should do, in my personal opinion. It's just like I said, I think they should follow the NFL format. The team with the worst record should get the number one pick. You should follow it in that order. You should do about worst to best. I think that's the only way you will solve the problem about, you know, people having that mystique that the draft lottery is rigged. I think that's the only way you can stop it. By having the worst team have the number one pick. Then the second worst team have the second pick. It's not like you can't do it. The NBA and NFL, they have the same amount of teams or close to. So I don't see how you can't pull this off. But that's just my personal opinion. Now back to the whole draft thing. We all know Zion was not too thrilled about New Orleans getting that number one pick. I know Anthony Davis, he don't give two fucks about New Orleans getting that number one pick because he still wants out of New Orleans. Maybe Rich well, I mean, Rich Paul is not gonna beg him to stay in New Orleans because I'm quite sure Rich Paul wants him in Los Angeles with LeBron. Anthony Davis has made it clear he wants to be in LA. Again, Zion. It was reported that somehow he can go back to college if he doesn't want to go to the Pelicans because he hasn't hired an Asian yet. I don't think he's going to do that. Again, his step pops, well, his dad said that how he actually can't wait, Zion can't wait to play for the Pelicans. See, my thing is this, and, and this is just my personal opinion. I had dreams of aspirations of making it to the NBA when I was a young buck. Back in the day, in my teenage years, I ate, slept, shit at basketball. grades wasn't good, dropped out of school, grandma passed didn't give two shits about school no more, so obviously, my dreams of aspirations of making playing college ball or going overseas went out the window. But I tell you what let's just say all of that didn't happen, obviously I can't say. My grandmother passing because, like, that, that, like, that was going to... That, that happened. But let's just do the hypothetical. Let's say she was still here, which I wish she was. I think about her every day. But let's say she was still here. And grades in school was good and me caring about my education. And I did somehow play college ball. You think I give a fuck which team drafts me? No. My dream was to make the NBA. My dream wasn't to play for a certain team. My dream was to just play in the NBA. I don't give a damn who drafted me. The dream is fulfilled. The hard work and dedication, the commitment to playing basketball, that's fulfilled. I would have been playing my I, I would have been I would have been living my life dream and that was to be in the NBA. I don't care which team drafted me. And this is about what? 2003. So the Clippers was one of, the Clippers was a trash team. A bunch of teams was trash. You think I would have cared if any of them would have drafted me? No. Not at all. But I'll say this, though. Zion, you could do a lot of good things in New Orleans. Obviously, the Saints, they're doing their thing in football. You could do some great things in New Orleans if they can somehow bring some pieces there. But the first thing they gotta do is try to keep Anthony Davis there. Because that's a lot of money he's that's a lot of money that he's leaving on the table if he leaves New Orleans. I think it's about sixty, seventy million dollars he's leaving on the table. That's a lot of money to be leaving on the table just because you want to get traded. Me personally, I ain't doing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not doing it. Like I get it that you're trying to win. But seventy million dollars, you leave it on the table. That's a lot of money, man. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money, ad. But Zion, the day you get drafted, and New Orleans and and New Orleans and Adam Silver calls your name, but the first pick in the NBA draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select Zion Williamson from Duke University. You will flood those seats in that arena like no tomorrow. Like we like, like we love your spirit. That's going to gravitate towards New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? And granted, you didn't, the Knicks didn't get the number one pick. The Lakers didn't get the number one pick because I'm quite sure you would have loved to play in New York. I'm quite sure you would have loved to play in LA just as well as New York. Atlanta didn't get the the number one pick You're from the Carolinas You ain't that far from Georgia I'm quite sure you wouldn't mind playing in Atlanta But this is what happens New Orleans got the number one pick Now hook or crook, they got it Maybe they got it because AD wanted the trade And maybe, you know, somebody threw some numbers at them And said, yo, make sure New Orleans get the number one pick Maybe this will keep AD here Who knows? But let's talk about the teams after the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, J.A. Morant. I think he's probably, probably going to be one of the bright stars in this draft. The Grizzlies have already said that they're going for him. If he's available at number two, they're going for him. Um, obviously he's going to work out with the Knicks He's going to work out with the Grizzlies He's going wor- to work out with the Pelicans But obviously the Pelicans We know who they going after They going after Zion You know what I'm saying when, when it was announced that the Pelicans got that number one pick They showed The boardroom In New Orleans All the people that was in the boardroom Whether it was general managers Just employees from the Pelicans when that pick was when, when that announcement was made that the Pelicans would get the number one pick, I'm quite sure some babies was made that day. I'm quite sure it was a Mardi Gras on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. I'm quite sure of it. See the impact that you've made already in New Orleans, Zion. Think about it now. Think about it. The Knicks got the third pick. Obviously, the top three players. In the draft is Zion, J.A. Morant, R.J. Barrett. I'm not too thrilled about R.J. Barrett. I know one thing. He was hating as hell. He was hating his ass off when Zion was getting all the attention at the draft lottery. It was a segment where he was being interviewed by, I believe, I think it was Jay Williams and Jay Billis. They asked R.J. Barrett one question. Everything else was towards Zion's attention. Every time they came from commercial break, who they showed? Zion. I mean, RJ was somewhat, you know, in the flick, but no attention was thrown to him. All of it was done to Zion. The Knicks, the Lakers got the fourth pick. Me personally, I think with that fourth pick, I think you should trade it. Package it. Obviously, the Lakers still want Anthony Davis. Maybe you should throw him in that trade. Well, maybe you should throw that pick in the trade. Kuzma, Lonzo, Ingram. But the Ingram thing, I'm not sure because of that clot that he's got. Is he even going to be healthy enough? Would New Orleans even be willing to work with you? Which I think they would because Demps is not there no more. David Griffin is there now who just happens to be the former general manager of the Cavaliers. So who knows? Maybe he might be willing to work something out with the Lakers. Who knows? But that's just my opinion on what the Lakers should do with that fourth pick. LeBron has made it clear. He don't want no more babies on his team. He wants vets on his team. You take Anthony Davis, you take that fourth pick, you trade some of these young bucks, And you get yourself AD, hopefully in free agency, you can fuck around and pick up two more stars. But only time will tell. Only time will tell. Now, as far as the other teams in the draft, who knows what they're gonna do? But obviously, the main the main three players that's being talked about in this draft is Zion, J.A. Morant, and RJ Barrett. Will RJ Barrett be a great player in the NBA? Will he be a better player in the NBA? Then he will in college. I know one thing. He better stop that ball hogging. He better stop trying to be a hero. I tell you what. J.A. Morat, he's going to be special. He caught himself. He's not a point guard. He caught himself a point guard. I've seen some of his games at Murray State. He gets busy. Now, I don't like comparing players and shit like that. But he reminds me a little with Westbrook. A little bit of Westbrook. But only time will tell what's going to happen. Obviously, the draft is a long way from now. We got another month and a half to go. Um, I believe it's in June. I don't know the exact date. I'm quite sure as, you know, as June gets here and one of my future episodes, you know, I'll do, you know, my own mock draft. Um, who I, where I think players should go or whatever And of course I'll announce the date That the um, the draft is going down But um, It's a wrap for this episode It's time for your boy to go um, Again I have to keep emphasizing I have to keep expressing I thank y'all for the love and support And uh, keep listening to the podcast Keep supporting the podcast um, It's a stress reliever for me uh, A very stress reliever for me uh if only y'all knew some of the things that I that you know some of the things that I deal with, you know, mentally, um from the aspect of just family business, work issues, all that shit, just a bunch of things that go into my head, but sports is the one thing that keeps me sane. It's my safe haven. So again, thank y'all for the love and support. Keep supporting. That's all I ask from you. And the content will keep coming out um, This is episode 45 um, So again I'm going to just express it again You can download that Anchor app Download that to your mobile phone Search where with Dre Day Podcast All the episodes will be there This is episode 45 um, I'm also streaming on Spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast. Those are all the streaming platforms. Um, Or you can check me out on my social media outlets. Um, Facebook, Drayday, D-R-A-Y, space D-A-Y. Um... I also have a Facebook business page just for my podcast, so put Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast, and you'll you'll find it there as well. Um, Instagram, Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast, or my personal page, Dre Day 1985, and on Twitter, my personal page, Dre Day 1985. So not only can you check me out on the streaming platforms, you can also look me up on social media as well because the episodes will be there as well so again till next time this has been another episode with sportswear with dre day podcast uh again thank you i love you i'm thankful i'm grateful have a great weekend have a blessed weekend and uh i want to give a shout out to my sis yvonne and my bro jay for their upcoming baby shower um I wish that I would be able to attend, but, um, I have a, I have a, I have another arrangement. I have another engagement that I have to tend to this weekend and I won't be able to attend, but you know, you know, your you know, your bro love y'all crystal street fam forever. And I'll get up with y'all, you know, another time or whatnot. And congratulations on your upcoming baby. God bless y'all. I love y'all. Again, it's a wrap for this episode. It's time for your boy to go. Till next time, this has been another episode with Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. I love you. Thank you. Peace and love. God bless. Your boy is out of here.